Exceptional Field Service Delivery creates, magnifies, and sustains exceptional customer experiences and brand loyalty. Welcome to the Super FM Podcast, Field Service Your Way, with me, Michael Israel. I'll lead conversations about critical issues in today's field service ecosystem with knowledgeable and experienced service management professionals. Now, let's learn something. Hello and welcome to Zuper FM, Field Service Your Way with Michael Israel. Michael, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. I'm excited. You've got a guest on the show. Mind if I introduce him? Please do. Thank you very much. All right. Today, you've got Kellen Carter. Kellen is the founding and general partner of Fuse. Prior to launching Fuse, Kellen was a partner at Ignition, leading investments in intelligent software companies. Fuse recently led a Series A funding round for Zuper and is a valued advisor on the Zuper board. Now, this guy sounds fantastic. Michael, why'd you bring him on the show? Well, I think because uh, he's a respected uh, venture capital investor, and uh, he's obviously invested in uh, some field service technology here, and we'd like to hear a bit more about why he's done that and uh, what his insights are into the field service uh, ecosystem. Fantastic. Kellen, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Kellen, thanks very much for being on the show. I'm really looking forward to having a, a detailed conversation with you. Likewise, Michael. And even more importantly, I'm looking forward to the journey of building Zuper together. Great. But before we get started, I have to ask you a personal question. How's the weather today in Seattle, my favorite city? Well, I just got a text from my fiance saying we're going for a walk tonight, so it means it's pretty nice outside. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I wish I was there with you. So let's uh, dig into it a little bit. You're the founder of Fuse, a venture capital firm. Can you please uh, explain to the audience and to me, why did you found Fuse? What was your ultimate goal and how did you get started? Well, the, the very short answer to that question is, you know, for this exact situation is to partner with companies like Zuper and founders like Anant. And the longer version is that all of us here at Fuse love working with founders to build companies and products that really change the way that all of us live and operate our daily lives. We had incredible mentorship growing up in our venture careers at a firm called Ignition Partners, you know, particularly from a, a gentleman named John Connors, who we'll talk about later. But we just had such a boots on the ground, pedal to the metal view of what's going on in the Pacific Northwest and the quality and the quantity of entrepreneurs, the pace and the rate of innovation. And so we decided to launch Fuse in the winter of 2020 uh, to back companies building products that change the way that we all live and operate our daily lives. Partners that are daring and relentless that want to build consequential companies. To date, we've now, uh, we raised 173 for our first fund and we've partnered with 21 companies in the last wow. one and a half years. And hey, we're just getting started. Well, that's great. Uh, good for you. And I'm very excited to uh, be able to continue to work with you and uh, discuss uh, your progress with you over the coming years. So prior to your investment into uh, Zuper, as you referred to, I'm assuming that, uh, and you know what they say about assuming, but I hope I'm right here. <laughs> I'm assuming that you probably did some research into what field service is, what does it mean, and what's the market. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what kind of research you did and what you learned along the way? Well, I think it actually starts with kind of a funny story, which turned out to be an omen. There is a huge heat wave this summer in Seattle where 
the weather got to be, I think, 109 degrees Fahrenheit. And I was you know, fortunate to be out of town during that week. But I came back and, of course, the weather had zapped my battery or my alternator in my car. And lots of our stuff in our house had melted. It was kind of a mess, but I had to call AAA. And they send a technician out. They have a two-hour time window of when they're going to be there. They, of course, miss that time window. They don't bring the right part. They take a couple photos. They go back to HQ in the Seattle area. They send a new technician out, brings the wrong battery, goes back again. It was a 12-hour process of uh, waiting on a workday to get what and eventually was just getting my battery repaired or replaced. And I thought to myself, man, what a, you know, in in a world where, you know, consumers have expectations of transparency and and real time. We're spoiled as consumers. Why was this just such a different experience than the way that the markets are moving? Well, ironically, right around this time is when we got introduced to Anand and watched him particularly execute the company. And and of course, it really encouraged us to go deep into space. And the deeper we, we went, it was clear that the market, particularly field service, had not undergone this the notion of digital transformation that so many industries and categories are going through concurrently. The market's really only about 3% penetrated with software. And you also look at this category where field service technicians, they are not the type uh, to be moving in and out of multiple applications. It's really a full stack approach to where you can build a whole new platform for this vertical or for this practitioner. And so it became increasingly clear that the market opportunity was just massive, was just massive for this platforming and solution-oriented approach to go after the field service technician with a full stack. Well, then we started to get to know Anand, like I mentioned. We got an insight look into the product. Well, once you see the product, you can't unsee it. What has been built, all the different modules and applications that are designed to enable field service professionals to be successful, but in their own way of doing business, field service built for you is the notion here, just blew us away, blew us away. Large category, company executing well, product built for the needs of any type of field service company. We were hooked. We were hooked as soon as we saw the product. Well, that's great. And I, I, I can certainly uh, empathize with the hot temperatures that you had in uh, Seattle last summer. Uh, I live in Las Vegas where it gets to be commonly 115 degrees in the summer. So I know what you were going through. And I, I really respect the fact that you did um, a significant amount of research into the field service space. And I think we can all understand the kind of frustration that you expressed in waiting to have your battery fixed or replaced for 12 hours. Uh, But let me ask you this to dig deeper into this just a little bit. In the field service software space, there are a lot of companies. There are many, many companies that uh, serve the small to mid-sized market. There are companies that serve the enterprise market, et cetera. As you examined the market and the companies in the space and you ultimately chose Zuper, you've talked a little bit about why you chose Zuper, but can you expand a little bit about why you picked Zuber over some of the other companies that are out there? Do you have some thoughts on that? Yeah, you bet. First of all, taking a quick step back as it relates to our own process at Fuse, we see about 100 to 150 companies per month and only invest in one, maybe two. So our bar for investing in any net new company is incredibly high. So first, it all has to start with the team. And let's start with the nod. He has an incredible commitment 
to building world-class teams and obsesses about making sure his customers are wildly successful within the product and the service. And this bled through with our customer calls and every interaction that we had with not only him, but the calls. Uh, the second piece is you mentioned that field service is relatively crowded. Mm-hmm. One of the things that became crystal clear with Zuper is if you are a HubSpot customer or a Zendesk customer or a Zoho CRM customer, and you already have a CRM system or one of these platforms in place, Zuper is built an incredible go-to-market rhythm around partnering with these types of companies to work and will essentially make one and one be three. Zuper works very well with systems that are already in place and installed at many of these companies, which allows them to have a unique vector into the go-to-market model. The third piece was one of the lighthouse logos that Zuper was able to land at only a seed stage was IKEA. Well, IKEA is a global brand. It's a world-class brand. They see everything under the sun. So the fact that IKEA made a big commitment to adopt Zuper as their go-to field service management partner was a huge signal about the, about Zuper's superior product offering in the market. You know, over this time of getting to know Anand, it was a couple month process, not formally fundraising, but really the courtship was all about what it would look like to partner together, what his ambitions were with the business. It just became immensely clear that this was a company that we had to be part of uh, along for the ride with and support any way possible. Wow, that's amazing. And I, I completely agree with you. IKEA is certainly a worldwide uh, recognized name. So it was very impressive that uh, Zuper, as a still young company, was able to land a, a, a client of that stature. So let me also ask you in the research that you did into the field service environment and field service business, what do you think are the biggest opportunities? that managers and directors and vice presidents of service operations have today to, uh, uh, to improve their business? How, how can they best improve their business? And what do you think the, op- the ultimate revenue growth opportunities are out there for them? And where does that revenue growth opportunity come from in your mind? You know, it's, it's a really interesting question. I think we all have to acknowledge with whatever industry that we're in, that the consumer expectations have changed. They've accelerated. We are all used to interacting with software and in the last couple of years with the COVID pandemic only accelerated that much further. So consumer expectations have dramatically changed. Businesses that aren't moving at the speed of consumer expectation changes might be left behind. And so field service practitioners, companies, etc., need to really reevaluate their technology and how it can help them meet the consumers head on with where their expectations are, whether it's real time, whether it's price transparency, whether it's tightening the Comcast four hour window to 30 minutes, you know, think about how much game changing that would do to Comcast NPS score. And so it's really rethinking consumer expectations and what their service offering means to those consumer expectations. You know, an intentional plug for Zuper is, I could not imagine running a field service company without something like Zuper. Just could not imagine it. 
Well, I can uh, certainly sympathize with that. I've spent my entire working career in field service, about half of it in field service operations where I actually manage field service technicians and parts distribution centers, et cetera, and the rest of my career in software. And um, I understand exactly the kind of uh, problems and challenges that field service operations people have. And I can tell you for sure that many years ago when I was managing field service uh, technicians, I certainly wished I had a tool available to me like Zooper and other tools that are available today. So I think your point is extremely well taken. How would you characterize the advice that you would give to uh, other business owners and founders of companies like Anand. And uh, oh, by the way, I guess we should explain to the audience who Anand is. Raj is the uh, founder of Zooper. He started the company in uh, 2016 and has had uh, significant growth and recognition in the industry ever since. So I think we're all proud to know and be able to work with Anand. So I just wanted to drop that in there so that people aren't wondering who the Anand is that we keep referring to. But let me come back to my question. So we, we've talked about um, what you would recommend for field service managers and what you th- perceive as some of the major obstacles that they have they face today. What kind of advice would you give to just business owners and business managers in general? Anything over and above that, or is it fairly consistent? I think that there's you know with more information, with changing expectations really reevaluating and rethinking and progressing the mindset of of the customer what are their expectations regarding service regarding SLAs regarding um, any type of connectivity with the field service practitioner there needs to be a completely rethinking of what that relationship is with the customer and how technology can make it stronger yeah One of the things that I like to talk about uh, with my colleagues is that personally, I I think, uh, and we've used this phrase in the past where I've worked before, I think service is the great differentiator. Today, many, many products are commodities and they're very, very similar. I'll give you an example without trying to sound like a, a commercial, but I'm an Apple bigot and I buy Apple products because, not so much because the products are great, although I think they are, But I buy Apple and I've been buying Apple for decades because of the service that they provide. So I think you can take that analogy and spread it across all industries. If you go to a restaurant and get bad service, even if the food is decent, even if the food is good, but your service is terrible, you're probably not going to go back. And you're certainly not going to recommend that restaurant to your friends. Same thing is true in business. If you buy a product and the product is great, but the service that you get to maintain that product or repair it when it's broken, like the battery in your car, for example, uh, if you don't get great service, the next time you have a a need to buy a product like that, you're probably going to buy it from somebody else or at least you're going to get the service from somebody else. So I think the message here is that service is all important today. Service is what builds customer loyalty. Service is what builds, cements the customer to you for life. Service is what uh, causes the customer to spend more money with you over the long run and recommend their um, their business partners and their friends to buy your product and or your service as well. So we are all about service at Zooper and making sure that uh, we're empowering field service technicians and field service engineers to do the best possible job at servicing their customers. 
Well, even taking that a step, yeah, I was going to actually add to that a little bit with, you know, we have our, we invest in software companies primarily, and we have our own three traits that we really evaluate and index heavily towards in a founder. And it's relentlessness to win and being unapologetic about it. You know, you got to be competitive. It's a competitive market out there. And you alluded to that earlier. The second piece to that, those traits is what is the willingness and the ability for the team to hire A plus talent? And, you know, Michael, shout out to you, could not be more excited that they were able to bring you on the team. But lastly, the third founding principle that we index heavily towards is what is your commitment? What is the team's commitment from a service level to making sure their customers are wildly successful? And we, like I said, we invest in software companies, but we know that the software catches up and becomes more enterprise grade as you build out the teams. Sure. What has to be foundational is the team's mindset to delivering customer value, whether it's service or product. But the foundational mindset of the team needs to be all about the customer. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and uh, working with Anand as, as I do, I know that he uh, he and the rest of the team are extraordinarily dedicated to uh, customer success and making sure that customers and the users of the Zuper product are very, very pleased uh, with the uh, product and the service and that they're getting val- the value they expected and even more so. So I appreciate your comments along those lines, too. Okay. And a funny diligence call, Michael, that came uh, sure. out of all this was they were about to, Zuper was about to go into an implementation and the person on point for the implementation got COVID sadly. And oh. of course, couldn't go do the in-person implementation. Yeah. Well, who do you think got on the red eye to go make sure that that customer set it to be successful? I cannot imagine. I imagine his name started with an A. It did. Yeah. <laughs> so, but when you hear stories like that, it permeates throughout the entire organization. It's phenomenal. Yeah. No, I, I agree that and he really does exemplify the philosophy that the customer comes first and we do everything we possibly can to make sure that the customer is successful. It's not about, you know what, it's not about us being successful. It's about the customer being successful because if we as a business, if our, if we as a business have customers that are successful, no matter what business we're in, then we're going to be successful because our customers are. So I, I think if you want to add to that, great. If not, we'll, we'll move on to a, a couple more personal questions. You know, the irony of it is us ensuring our customer success successful ensures their customers are successful. And that's a beautiful supply chain right there. It's the opposite of a vicious circle. It's <laughs> exactly. A, it's a virtuous circle, whatever the right word is. All right. Let me, let me, uh, you know, we've had a very good talk here about uh, your business and your philosophy or investing and the kind of organizations that you like to invest in. And I presume we'll continue to invest in going forward. And uh, as I said, I certainly look forward to uh, continuing a growing relationship with you and the Fuse organization as well. So let me just ask you a couple questions just to get you to know you a little better and have our audience get to know you a little better. Let's find out a little bit about who you are. If you think of somebody in history that you admire most and would like to be able to sit down and have a conversation with, who would that be? Well, this is a interesting question and historical might make this guy sound old, but uh, uh, I would have to say John Connors, who I, I, I'm so blessed to work 
closely with on a daily basis, actually. But, you know, and why I say John is I met him in 2009. I had just graduated from school. It was a couple months after the trough of the, the markets in the Great Recession. Yeah. I had a finance degree from University of Montana. It was obviously a challenging, you know, job hunting period. And so I reached out to my university alumni network, and which includes John. And he was so gracious with his time, offered to do an hour-long call in Seattle. You know, I'm from Montana originally. Well, if he's going to commit an hour of time, it's worth jumping on a flight for someone of that caliber. And so I flew out to meet John in person in September of, of 09. And we built a relationship uh, over the next four years before he eventually hired me. And part of what I love about John so much is my father, you know, suddenly passed away in, in 2010. And mm-hmm. about a month after it happened, I got an email from John wanting to connect. No idea about the context at all. But he had heard and, you know, really brought me closely under his wing as not only a, a professional mentor, but a close personal mentor. And uh, so many lessons learned from him as, you know, not only from the business side of things and building a firm and investing, but just how to operate life outside of the workplace. And I think it's just been such a, 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 a blessing in my life to have someone like him uh, just to be close with and learn from on a daily basis. Oh, that's really interesting and amazing. And for the benefit of our audience, would you please explain who John Connors is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, so John had a remarkable run at Microsoft, ran the Worldwide Enterprise Org, you know, eventually became the CFO there from, I think, 01 to 05. He was then a general partner at Ignition starting in 2005, 2006, and, and had a great run there investing in companies like Splunk and, and Isertis, and uh, was a just a phenomenal mentor to a number of us that you know started our venture careers at Ignition. And then he was very supportive uh, in helping us launch Fuse and even committed to joining Fuse as an operating partner, calling it the Act 3 of his career, which, you know, is wow. truly an honor. Yeah, yeah. Very good. No, I think uh, having a mentor is extraordinarily important. I had a, a great mentor. His name was George when I worked at uh, IBM in Seattle many, many years ago, and I've never, ever forgotten him. He taught me a lot. I think that for our field service audience, um, especially the management and the group and the senior technicians, senior engin- senior engineers, if you find yourself in a position to be a mentor for a younger uh, member of your staff and you can help them grow in their career and grow personally, it is something that uh, will be invaluable to them over the li- over their life and they'll never forget you for it. So thanks for bringing that up, actually, Kellen. Uh, it's, I think it's a very important point. It's definitely influenced how we approach team building here at Fuse and also in the companies we partner with and folks, domain experts in whatever they do, surrounding our entrepreneurs and the senior folks with mentors uh, just really helps give these companies the highest probability of success. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, uh, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about the qualities that you admire most in a person in the example of John. Let me ask you from a business perspective for Fuse or for other businesses that you're, you've been associated with, do you have a business motto or a business philosophy that you've gone by and continue to go by? It's uh, that's a great question. We have a bunch of sayings and models that we use on a daily basis at Fuse. And part of it's because we have a lot to prove and we believe that we have to earn it every single day 
with not only the founders we partner with, but the people that invest in us, that enable us to have the lucky job of partnering with founders. And so there's a couple of sayings that we you know, remind ourselves on a daily basis. One is, um, we haven't done anything tomorrow. The clock resets every single day. We haven't done anything tomorrow. And then we fundamentally believe that you just have to do the right thing, even if it's hard. And a lot of times, I mentioned earlier that you know, of the 150 companies we see on a monthly basis, we partner with maybe two of them max, one or two of them. But what yep. we do do is every time we can't get there, we call the entrepreneur. We actually deliver the courtesy of a phone call versus sending lazy emails or ghosting them like many of other VCs do. But you know, it's the right thing when people are putting it all out there on the line, starting a company and, and trying to build a business. Yeah. And you just make me think of something. And the thought that you just brought to the front of my mind is don't ever burn your bridges. Because no. that party that you might have to turn down today, they may come up and uh, be visible again in your site five years from now and represent an enormous opportunity for you, which they might not give to you had you treated them in kind of a disrespectful and offhanded way. So I think uh, treating people and organizations with dignity and respect is extraordinarily important. And uh, thanks for bringing that up. It, it's, it's so true. You know, five of our 21 investments, we, we passed on their, the first round we saw in that. And we got yep. another bite at the apple purely based on the relationship that we built with the founders and, you know, the process that we ran here at Fuse. But we also have one more saying that you remind me of that reputation and integrity compound and capability eventually decays. Wow. That's a great one. I'm going to write that one down. You're going to have to send that to me in an email when we're done, please. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's, what I refer, that's what I refer to as a nugget. So one, one final question, and then we'll terminate uh, the conversation, which has been great so far. Thank you very much. What do you like to do in your free time? Do you have uh, some hobbies or, or anything special that you like to do uh, yourself or with your family? Or Go ahead. I, I apparently like getting my butt kicked in golf by my, my partner, <laughs> Brendan Wales, because I still haven't beaten him. Um, but absolutely love to travel. You know, I'm lucky I, I got engaged a few weeks ago to an amazing woman. Congrats. Just very fortunate to, you know, work with amazing people on a daily basis and, and uh, have an amazing partner in life uh, that we have a lot of fun together. Well, that, that's great. I'll tell you, Kellen, it's been a pleasure meeting you. I met you a few months ago for the first time. It's great talking to you. And uh, thank you for all your insights. And I look forward to uh, seeing you in person in the not too distant future. Likewise, Michael. Thank you, Kellen. Eric, back to you, please. Gentlemen, I, I love this podcast. This was fantastic. Kellen, I knew I liked it even before I met you. And then I found out you're from Seattle. Well, I grew up in Puyallup. And if you know, you know, that's true because I said Puyallup correctly. So I'm so yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's true. That's I, yeah. True. Right. I do appreciate yeah. you being on the show. And of course, Michael, I thank you for facilitating this and, and bringing great guests onto the show. Um, and our last thank you, of course, goes to your listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Zuper FM field service your way with Michael Israel. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Michael comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This also makes it even easier to share these podcasts with your colleagues. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Zuper FM, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Zuper FM, field service your way. Insightful discussions and advice that help you position your field service operations as a powerful force in building enduring customer loyalty. 
And remember this, when you deliver excellent service to your customers, you're also facilitating their ability to provide superior service to their customers, which strengthens brand loyalty among their customer base as well. Thanks again. Please join us next time.